Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. One's for the birds, this one's for the city. This one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down to 95, to the right is the link. With a team pulling up, knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson. Xfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Lot, stop by F1. Fly, Eagles fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird gang, bird gang, yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once, now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't me. Green to Kelly, we don't rock with that. No. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. No. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run the back. Yeah. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. Back. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Can't let you bunch of squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bro. Beer pong, baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato pie, bring three or four. After every bird gang, you know where to be. Fourth of John, NBC, in the heart of Philly. About the birds, about the birds, all about the birds. E Rock, Kel, Sunday's Hollywood. Here we go, broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to Fourth and John, episode 111. All right, okay. Here we go. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be a fun one. And before I start these opening statements, let me preface it by saying this. I did not expect the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the New England Patriots on Sunday. It's something that I've been saying over and over again in my own head for the last 48 hours, just to put some context into some perspective on it. I didn't think the Eagles were gonna beat the Patriots. Doesn't mean that it hurts any less or that isn't any less of a frustrating loss. There's a lot of cliches. Listen, there's a lot of cliches in football, right? And one of the two more common ones is a win is a win and there are no moral victories in a loss. And these are two cliches that I don't necessarily subscribe to. First of all, there's no moral victory in a loss. I believe there is. You can have a certain situation where a bad team plays a champion, like let's say the defending Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, go toe-to-toe with them, keep pace with them, give them your A game, and fall just short, walk off the field, and still feel like you can keep your head high because you went toe-to-toe, blow-for-blow with the champions of the NFL, with a good team. I believe that there are moral victories in the NFL. The other one, a win is a win. That to me, just I don't subscribe to that one either because that one seems like a blanket that p- keeps people warm when their team plays down. And another cliche, plays down to the level of their opponent. What we saw Sunday was there was no moral victory in sight. And certainly a win was not a win. What we saw Sunday was by far one of the most frustrating ways to lose a regular season game. You're coming off of a bye. You're at home against a team that is clearly superior, clearly better, winning at halftime, holding the second highest scoring offense in the NFL to field goals, to three field goals in the first half. 
Then in the second half, you start committing the same dumb mistakes, the same penalties, the same turnovers, the same lack of execution that has completely torn apart your season and led you to this 5-5 five and five record. That in and of itself is one of the most frustrating losses to know that you went toe-to-toe with a good team and still lost and still figured out a way to lose. It was a game that could have redefined the entire season. It was a game that could have given you the confidence to make that late season playoff push. It was a game that could alleviate the anxiety or the stress or the necessity to beat a Seattle Seahawks team coming to Lincoln Financial Field next week which is clearly a worse matchup than the New England Patriots. There was no cliches about that game. It sucked the whole bucket. The Eagles should have won that game, and they should have beat the Patriots, and the Patriots didn't beat them. They found a way to lose. One touchdown in the second half is all it took for the Philadelphia Eagles to completely crap the bed against the New England Patriots. And all those positives that we could have taken away from it vanished. Thin air. Here's a cliche that I do subscribe to. Here's a cliche that I do believe in. And it's something that I believe was coined by the great Bill Parcells, and that is your record, you are what your record says you are. And right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are a five and five team. And I've alluded to it here on the microphone, here on this show. I've outright said it, but I'm gonna say it as bluntly as I possibly can. This is an average Philadelphia Eagles team. You are what your record says you are. You're five and five, you're average. Week 12 is here, buddy. Buddy, You're out of time. And if you continue to play average football, you can't rely on the Dallas Cowboys to crap the bed against opponents so somehow you can backdoor your way into the playoffs. Gail, I am frustrated. I was not looking forward to making the drive here to Wells Fargo Center to do this show. I know you're frustrated as well. How yeah, you doing I mean, today? At all, on all the weeks, and this one's this, this one stung. Because I mean, you had an opportunity to set the tone for the rest of the season. You had an opportunity to have the rest of this fan base believe in this football team. Um, you know, there was plays that I wanted to see out there. I wanted to see. Carson Wentz elevate his game. Uh, you know, things I talked about last week in terms of there was a couple of throws that I thought Carson Wentz was going to have to make, and it came down to the same exact situation. They played a great, they played, played a great game, did everything I wanted. They grounded, pounded, some tight end screens, got the running backs involved, got up 10-0, and that's the last that we saw of this offense. And and it really comes down, I mean, this defense was phenomenal. They played a really good game. Yes. Kept Tom Brady in check. Yeah. But in terms of this offense, I, I go back to a quote from Deshaun Jackson. You can't do epic-ish with basic people. Uh, and it, it's like the fact that we are relying on Jordan Matthews <laughs> and Nelson Aguilar to make plays for this, this on the outside is – Ridiculous! I put out, I put a meme out there in 2016. This was fantastic. By where, the way. where uh, I, it was like a quote, a fake quote from Jordan Matthews, basically like, if you keep dropping balls, you're gonna be a meme forever. This is three years late. Three years later. Three years later. Three years later, we are in the same situation, which brings me back to another quote. 
from Albert Einstein. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Now, you can't keep on putting guys in positions to make plays when you don't, you have, they haven't been making the plays. And I, I felt I wanted to see more from Doug Peterson. Jim Schwartz stepped up to the table. Doug Peterson got out coached in the second half. And I thought, uh, you know, it's, it's really disappointing. You know, this game was a perfect microcosm of everything that went wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles season. You're coming off of a bye week. There's people on the injury report coming. How does that happen? How do people get injured on a bye? I feel like Smokey sitting out on the porch. Like, how are you going to get injured on your day off? Meanwhile, we're we're calling Jay Ajayi off the street like it's Friday. You ain't got no job. You ain't got ish to do. Why don't you suit up and come play for the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles? And then you go into the game and you have a great game plan. Defensively, the corners were up. They were playing pressed. They were keyed into that screen game. They were keyed into that short passing game by Tom Brady. Brought some pressure too. Again, brought some pressure, brought some blitzes, and again, they held the second highest scoring offense in the NFL. Over 30 points a game to three field goals. And then Lane Johnson gets hurt. Why does Lane Johnson get hurt? Because Philadelphia. Because it's just the Eagles. And somehow, we subconsciously sold our soul to the football devil for a Super Bowl. And now he's like, we gave you your Vince Lombardi trophy from here on out everybody is in I know what football hell looks like and it looks like a medical tent mm-hmm. it, 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 and and then what do they do they're having some success with the run game and they completely get away from the run game they start trying to do this ver- with a lead with a lead start this vertical passing game with receivers that clearly can't get separation with an offensive line missing one of the, maybe the best right tackle in football leaking like a sieve and now you want to go to a vertical passing game and abandon the run Doug Peterson completely boboed his coach bobo coached this game it was a perfect microcosm of everything you want to know what's wrong with the Philadelphia 19 19- 2019 Philadelphia Eagles go back and watch that New England Patriots game there it is there it is laid out for you and and then they're five and five they're an average football team Evan Hollywood Hart ciao Hey, fellas, uh, how, was your, how was your trip to, uh, to it, Italy there? It, it was fine till I got home, man. I got home <laughs> on... Uh, I, d- I decided to uh, give myself a treat on bye week. I went away to Italy, came home. Sunday, I got kicked in the gut by the Eagles, and that's just been uh, that's just been a common theme this year. I... Um, I really, I think the most aggravating thing for me coming home and, and just listening to all the commentary from everything is, like, we've got... The Carson Wentz is catching too much heat, in my opinion, man. Really? I, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it on the timeline. I'm not saying that he didn't have a bad game. I, he had a bad game. I agree with that. But he's not the reason that this offense is fa- is faltering. And to uh, hearken on our boy West Coast Tommy Oresco, I saw him make a point talking about like this is kind of like giving a professional driver, like a NASCAR driver, just a poor car to drive. We essentially got Jeff Gordon driving a Toyota Camry, trying to win a race right now. He does doesn't have the pieces that are needed in order to make this fully operate. It like when you when you when you say that we've got Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar who just drops things left and right and we're we're counting on that to uh, to carry our offense. Like you can't expect Carson Wentz to do much with that. Can you? 
I mean, I, I, I'm watching this game on Sunday, and I'm watching Carson Wentz fit these balls in these tiny little holes, and he's put he's putting it on the money, man. As far as I was, well, I mean, down down the stretch of that game, when you had uh, Ertz there, he missed him twice, uh, and, and uh, Aguilar as well. You just you just want to see him take that. Like we're, we're, he's pay, he's getting paid elite money right he now. He is getting paid elite money, so but he, expect, he doesn't have tools around him. I know. I, I understand that. I'm just talking the basic throw when, like his mechanics were off on those on those throws where, he, you know, where McNabb might have the worm burner. Yeah. Uh, Wentz has the. Yeah, he's a little bit outside. Sailor, yeah. You know, no, he, he, he does sail sometimes, but like those ball, those passes that he's sailing are not being talked about if the receivers are regularly stepping up and making the catches that they're supposed to be. Making are, are arguably so, and 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 Evan, I'm glad you let it right into the topic that I wanted to get to because we're going to have plenty of time to bitch and moan about the Patriots' loss. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about what the Eagles got to do to beat the Seattle Seahawks. But what I wanted to talk about, kind of right off the top, right, Bing, first thing, is it time, objectively, to start looking at Carson Wentz? With a critical eye, Gail, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, of course, I mean I, I started right after year two. You know, like you get that, you get that past the rookie year. Uh, he showed out his second year, MVP like, um, and and I, I feel like I've seen the flashes enough. I've seen the uh, intelligence side of him. I've seen him, you know, you know, check check out of plays and put the team in position to win. Um, so now I feel like in this fourth year of Carson Wentz. I feel like you need to see you need to see something more. I, I completely agree with you. For the fourth year, it is known in the NFL. It, 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 it is, again, a cliche thing in the NFL. That year three or four is really where a quarterback is supposed to start completely grasping the offense and start mastering the offense, and especially if he's handcuffed to the same head coach for, the, for those first three or four years. And look, I can, uh, you know, the, 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 the PCN, the Pro Carson Nation, took a big hit on Sunday. We, 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 took a, we took a giant hit because I went into this season. You remember the podcast going into the season. I said that I am no longer going to make excuses for this guy. It is time to perform. But I have. I have made excuses. You, the you, offensive line is banged up. Mm-hmm. The wide receivers are garbage. But listen, when, when, when your offensive line that's injured and leaking like a sieve gives you time, I expect you to make that play. Right. I expect you to throw that ball accurately and make that completion. When your trash wide receivers are actually getting open, I expect you to throw that ball and hit that receiver. Carson Wentz missed a few ones on that. One to Mac Collins as well. One to Mac Collins. One to Zach Ertz. Yeah, I just feel it's weird. Like when when you listen to like pundits and analysts and fans and stuff, uh, why do they have to preface? Like, hey, I'm not a Carson hater. Uh, you know, I'm pro Carson. Like it's like take that take all that off. Like mm-hmm. at the, at this moment in time, it's it's analyzing his play. It's yeah. not like we already we love Carson Wentz. We know what he's capable of doing. It's now taking <coughs> the next step in the maturation process and showing what kind of player we know he is so like every week when you you down for being uh not accurate that's what it is for him not taking the check down or him missing a mac hollins or holding on to the ball too long you know sometimes the, the weirdest thing right now you're seeing in carson wentz is he's developing a little hitch in his throwing motion like he's 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 like got the stutter going because that's either he doesn't trust his wide receivers, uh, 
yeah, I mean, start start looking at him when he's throwing to Ertz. It's a whole different mindset because he he knows where he's going to be, um, and that they have that type of relationship. But uh, that's that's I'm concerned about that because once you start hitching, uh, you're not trusting what you're seeing. Uh, you know, you become predictable. I, I start to wonder, though, because we, Gail, you and I, when we're sitting there at Lincoln Financial Field watching the games during his rookie year, I mean, we're, we're watching him and going, man, why, why is he eyeballing his receivers so much? He's got he's to look a safety off. He's got to stop telegraphing his throws. Here we are year four, still doing it. Still doing it. And for the longest time, like, I would wrestle with the idea of – is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Mac Hollins not being integrated in the offense or at least not targeted because that's because they're, they're that bad and they're not getting open? Or is it because that Carson Wentz uh, or, or, or is the play calling designed for it to go somewhere else? Like you see certain types of plays and if you want to see certain types of plays, go look at Brian Baldinger's breakdown of, you know, Baldy breakdowns of the Eagles. You want to talk about scathing. You want to talk about shedding a light on some poor Eagles play, yeah. poor football and route play. running as well, and route running. But some plays are designed to go to certain people. Therefore, the read is there. It's one or two people. So, is the play calling designed not to go to JJ or Mac, or do they just stink that much? Part of me starting to think that. Carson takes the snap. He's looking at one guy, and whether he's covered or not, sometimes he just forces the ball in there. Yeah, we, we talked about that one play in uh, in Buffalo. We keep bringing it up because we're like, why did he throw it there? You know, the Alshon Jeffrey thing on the slant where he was coming back. You know, kind of holding his arm, like he was covered there. That, that should have been a pick. You locked eyes with him. You telegraphed it. Like we need to start seeing a little bit better progression in Carson Wentz. Because listen, when you're getting, forget what you're getting paid. Forget what you're getting paid as an elite quarterback or whatever like that. You're supposed to be the best player on this team. You're supposed to be the best player on this team. So if you're not the best player on the team, the whole thing goes down the toilet. Yeah. Like literally. I mean, it's the Wentz wagon. Like you are in control and leading. You got the reins. And that's where I think we want to see Carson Wentz pick up the reins. Uh, but then then you go back to those moments where he's three drops away from being, what, seven and three. That, the thing I just can't get past is how we talk about uh, Carson needs to perform better. Carson needs to do this. Carson needs to do that. But then we, we go back to, oh, well, you know, the offensive line is leaking like a sieve. And the wide receivers are dropping balls. I don't understand how you can, like, to me, Carson, if, if he's not performing perfectly, he's getting criticized. I get that he is he's missing throws, but, like, so does every other quarterback in the NFL. But those those quarterbacks in the in the NFL that are missing them, their players are making the plays to make up for that, and those oh, yeah. plays don't even get talked about. Those missed throws, those air balls, they don't get talked about because the other players are picking up the slack. Yeah. There is nobody except for Carson Wentz on this offense and Miles Sanders and – Zach Ertz on this offense that's Dallas picking up the slip. I get, I get, I get what you're saying, but the, but the thing is, the the fan base is so divided that you can no longer look at a loss and say, yeah, the offensive line was struggling and they allowed five sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can no longer just. You know, you can no longer just look at, at um, you know, the wide receivers and say, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they don't have any explosive plays or they're not getting any separation and therefore Carson's got to hold on to the ball too long. But you, but, but you see, like, the pro-Carson camp, mm-hmm. which will make any and every excuse as to why he's not performing. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the 
anti-Carson camp. The, 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 the Carson detractors, what our man Mark Farzetta would call the Folesian society, who mm-hmm. are still in love with Nick Foles. And they'll look for any excuse to criticize Carson Wentz without actually looking at it objectively and saying, look, Carson Wentz clearly missed some plays. Carson Wentz could play better. Carson Wentz needs to elevate his play and also understand that the receivers that he's throwing to right now are hot garbage. I mean, think about, think about who you're throwing to. You're throwing to Mac Hollins, who rather play special teams. You're throwing to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who can barely see the field. And you're throwing to Nelson Aguilar, who's so far into his own head, or ass, depending on the way you look at it, that he keeps that he can't track a ball. I mean, I mean, I mean it's, 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 two, it, it, it's, it's two different camps here. I, mean, even, I think even, it's fair to f- criticize Carson Wentz at this point. Well, yeah. He's not no, untouchable. I'm, I'm not saying that he's untouchable. And, no, and, and this is not an omission to those people who are, you know, pr- the Folesian society, the anti-Wentz crowd is like, hey, see, I see a lot of, see, I told you so, I told you so. Listen, man, you would be making the same excuses for Nick Foles as if, if he was under center right now. You'd be talking about the offensive line, you'd be talking about the wide receivers, uh-huh. you'd be talking about the fact that they gave five sacks and, and Doug Peterson asking him to throw the ball 40 times we'd be talking about the same, making the same excuses as if we didn't make the same excuses because Nick Foles regular season Nick Foles was different from playoff Nick Foles let's face it playoff Nick Foles was a magician regular season Nick Foles was average right mm-hmm. people want to forget that so like like we we can start we can start looking at Carson Wentz he's paid He's supposed to be the best player on this team. 100%. Am I right or am I right? Yeah, and, he, just... and he's wearing new suits after after the oh, game. Man, I know that Tro- thing was hideous. I know Trox was <laughs> upset with the suit combination with the, uh, the uh, what was that? The uh, camo turtleneck the combo. Camo. Turtleneck, bro. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it, what, what, he's whatever. got swag. That's, that's that $100 million swag, man. Trox, can you pull up that John Clark tweet? That John Clark tweet about Carson Wentz in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Because the, the anti-Foles crowd or the anti-Carson Wentz crowd would say, Say this. You heard it on Sports Talk Radio all the time, and you'd even see it on the timeline. When was the last time Carson Wentz led this team on a fourth quarter game-winning drive when the, when the chips were down and put his team on the back though? And 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 you would kind of roll your eyes and just kind of dismiss the whole thing because you're like, how many times does that scenario actually come up where you're behind in the fourth quarter by a touchdown and you need to lead a game-winning drive to win a game against a good t- well, the good dude. There, non-existent it, there it was. Yeah. There it was. Yeah. There it was. That, that, and he came up short. You know, the, the thing with Nelson Aguilar, like, you know, like being a, a receiver, like the one thing I used to practice the whole time was uh, tracking a football. I'd throw a ball over my head. Like I would, this is one thing that, that's the one thing that you got to do. Like, or the toe tap, uh, the toe uh, swag drag. Like yeah. you got to have that kind of awareness as a, especially as an NFL wide receiver, like his uh, his 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 awareness level is shocking to me. Like, you know that that play where he's in the corner where he didn't even know he was like in the corner of the end zone where you, that's toe tap area. Yeah. Um. So I, I think, but then again, like you, you, we're in this situation where which I was concerned at, like not having playmakers, and a lot it's a lot of people on the timeline have blamed Howie for putting us in this situation. But I think, uh, you know, obviously they brought in uh, Jordan Matthews because he knew the playbook. He's well-versed in what Car- Carson likes. He's got that relationship with him. But we are in a bad state. Uh, if Alshon does not come back sooner or later, it could be uh, it could be curtains. Trox, you got that tweet? 
Yeah, it was actually from uh, Jeff Skaversky. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Um, Carson Wentz in the fourth quarter in this year, 2019. One TD pass tied worst in the NFL. 33rd worst completion. 32nd worst QB rating. Zero comebacks. Only one game-winning drive. Two INTs. And he's the most of any quarterback in the quarter in the fourth quarter. Last TD pass in the fourth quarter, September twenty second. <laughs> wow, that is, I mean, I mean, look, that's, that's all. Rough. You combine that with the Eagles' lack of scoring or lack of offensive efficiency in the first half, or more specifically, the fourth quarter. Like, 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 how how are you supposed to win when you're not performing in the fourth quarter, and you're not performing in the fourth quarter because you set yourself behind in the first quarter? Like, how are you supposed to win like that, dude? I don't know. You think Nelson Aguilar? Cashes his check wearing a ski mask. He's stealing. Somebody should put a call into Philadelphia police because that dude is stealing money right now. I've never seen a dude so poor at tracking a ball or catching a ball. He's fighting the football. Yeah, it's like it's like he doesn't want to perform. I watched the Super Bowl the night before the game with my dad who's on a network. I could, it, it was night and day. The guy was catching the ball with his hands in yeah. the Super Bowl. It seems like everybody catchable balls he was catching. Went back to that game because I, I went back to that game this week and just just to reminisce. Like, <laughs> what am I missing? Like, what happened to Aguilar over the the year? And I think you know now that you know Deshaun Jackson's gone, Alshon got hurt. Now you know he's got to be the man again. Mm-hmm. Like you go back to his in 2016, he's like I'm the I got to be the man, but I don't want to be the man. So now he's in the same scenario, like he's the number one, but he's not the number one. And the pressure, like I've seen tons of players really break down from pressure. Yeah. And like if if some, someone wanted to do a, like a, a study on a player, Nelson Aguilar would be the perfect guy to study that dude's brain because like dude was the man at USC. Like and I don't I don't recognize. Nelson Aguilar. I, th- I think it's evident, too. Because, like, if you go back years ago, do you remember it was the year before the Super Bowl when he was dropping everything, and he's, he's in the locker room, and he's very clearly in his own head. And then you go back to, was it just today? He's deleting his Instagram. This guy has a history of being in his own head, of cracking under pressure, and he j- he can't be the number one guy. Ben, 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 ben called him his hero. Why'd you call He's making what nine plus million? Nine point four mil. <laughs> and he's so bad at his job. <laughs> That's what I want to be, baby. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I could find a job that I was so you, bad at and, and and get paid nine I mean, million dollars. Like, fans are trying to break this down. I mean, like people are actually like looking at when he broke up with his girlfriend. Is that where he turned? Is that you know was it the? I mean, you know, like what what is going he's on? He's given that the, the guy catching babies. He's turned his fi- fifteen minutes in the fame to possibly five months or longer. Oh yeah, that guy is famous oh, yeah. now. That guy is it's, it's every not single one, time, every time, every weekend. He's on the news because of Nelson. Just think about okay, it's in your bread basket in Atlanta. You drop it. That's a that's a tutty right there. That's a guaranteed six right there. You alligate the most egregious form of alligator arms since Todd Pinkston, and worse than Todd Pinkston because he was about to get lit up by Sean Taylor. Nelson Aguilar was scared of the ball. He was frightened of the... I don't want to reach out and lay out for this because I don't want to drop it. Dude, what kind of mentality? And then this, the track of the ball, and he wants to blame it on the wind? He wants to blame it on the wind? Go back and revisit the highlights of that game. 
And when you watch that 11-minute highlight video, pay attention to the field goals. Watch the flags on the field goals. They're barely moving, if at all. The wind wasn't bad. You just couldn't track. You can't track a ball. And how about, terrible, how about the pull-up on the knee, too? Terrible, dude, terrible tracking. Dude, look, look, look like Peter Griffin. Oh my God. Uh, already make it. It's already pre-programmed in this dude's head to make excuses as to why he didn't catch the ball. And then he, he actually said that he caught it, and then he, when he hit the ground, and, they, and people were like, dude, what are you talking about? You didn't even catch it, bro. <laughs> wow, bro. Like he will, he will, wow. he will go down. Wow. Like, 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 forget Akeem Laws and like his 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 five months of fame. This guy is going to be referenced and talked about forever. For as long, I'm going to be 80 years old, being like, well, at least this receiver isn't as bad as Nelson Aguilar. That guy was soft as Sherman toilet paper. He couldn't track a ball if you handed it to him. We're going to be talking about this dude. Fred. He's going to live in Philadelphia Eagles lore. He's going to be like the Scott Norwood of uh, Philadelphia. I, 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 don't, I don't know. He'll get a job know, maybe next year, too. And he will, and, and he'll, he'll, he'll collect like, another paycheck. It'll be amazing. He'll yeah. get out of his head. Yeah. He'll get another job next year, like Nathan Peterman. Yo. It won't but, go anywhere. But the, weird, the, the worst part about it is, like, if you have that guy in the locker room, other people are watching his play. And rookies are concerned, like, yo, if I drop the ball, what is it the internet going to do to me? They're going to, you know, am I going to get death threats? Like, you start thinking that. And, you know, the, uh, you know what's the name from uh, the Browns? Callaway. Callaway. The other one. Landry. 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 He's like, it's contagious, bro. <laughs> like, you got a guy like in the locker room. He's got a point, man. Who is sitting there and getting all these passes. Like, the Eagles are like Cap Captain Saver, bro. Like, <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> you cannot. What, they, they have, he has mental flexibility. Who, what, who, who said that mental flex? Uh, Mike Grow, you got to go too, bro. It's There's, unfair. What is Mike going Rowe on? It's unfair. You, you got to hold these guys accountable. There was actions. wind. Come there on, was man. wind. Like, it, 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 it moved the ball. Stop. Mike Rowe in his press conference today said it was unfair to criticize uh, Nelson Aguilar or compare him to that 2017 season because of, I don't know, wind. That, 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 that was the logical explanation for that one. I but he got an A-plus on his alignments. Yeah, I, would want my coach, I would want my coach to throw me under the bus, put me on front street, tell me what I did wrong, and, 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 and show me, coach me. Help me. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> Captain, Captain Saver. It's, it's time, man. It's time. Like, you cannot continue to have oh a guy like this. You, now you see Alshon dropping passes. It's contagious, bro. It's contagious, bro. It's contagious. Everyone's catching the Agulitis. Yeah, you dropped, get your Agulitis flu shot? J-Jaw dropped one against the Lions. Now, I mean, is he even said? Yeah. Goddard's dropping him. Yeah, first of all, like like playing in professional football, you have to be thick-skinned to begin with. Playing in this particular market in professional football, tough. you have to have alligator skin, and this dude is charming, Charles. Charming. Charming sauce. The, the city's not for everyone. No. A lot of players will tell you that. I mean, it's it, and I feel I feel, you know, I don't want to get mean to death. I don't want to have, you know, drop a ball and Eagle Sessions, E-Rock, like, 
<laughs> Wait with the memes Like I mean that, that That could be stressful I don't want to delete Instagram This guy deleted his IG account But, but let's, let's, let's Okay let's take a break and From right, the Nelson I, Okay go no, ahead well, go I'm for just it. saying Right now to go full I'm, I'm, I'm captain I'm, I'm, I'm captain Save a bro right now bro. Dude, I'm trying to Save him Right now to go Full circle with it This is the number one Receiving option we got With Alshon on the bench as At wide receiver So like To, to say that It's Carson's fault And go back to that It just doesn't make but sense in, to me In the worst part and like everything I've just said, I still believe he can do it. That's the weirdest part. Hey, as, Ooh, a, as, a wide, as a wide receiver, I still three, believe yeah. that he can do it. Nelson Aguilar, he's got it in him. Like if, I, if the pressure's not on him, I think the he men- can. it's mental. Yeah, he's a mental midget. Well, well, listen, we we he's gone. He's gone at the end of the year, and I absolutely agree with Ben. He's going to find a situation where. <laughs> He's going to get signed. Yeah. And he's going to get signed for some money. But he has to make sure it's a situation. Listen, ideal situation, small market team, not a lot of pressure, two other good wide receivers on the team. Because that dude can't be the guy. Go to the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals. That dude cannot be the guy. But let's take a break from the Nelson Aguilar bashing, although I'm sure we could fill up a complete hour worth of doing nothing but crapping on Nelson Aguilar. And quite frankly, he deserves it. But let's, but let's bring it back to Carson Wentz. I want to, I want to reel this back to Carson Wentz because I mean you just we, we went off on a tangent after you brought up those stats in the fourth quarter right mm-hmm. and the, 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 the my first gut literal reaction is to do the same thing that I've been doing for the last two years which is yeah but the offensive line yeah but the wide receivers and Doug Peterson and the not running the ball and the bobo play calling and stuff like that and then I oh and I oh and then you realize like Wow. State, state those stats again. State those stats again. Because, like, that is concerning. That is 100%. Which one do you want? All of them again? Yeah, just all of them. Real quick. All right. Fourth quarter of 2019, Carson Wentz only has one TD pass. Worse in the NFL. 33rd worst in completion. 32nd worst in QB rating. Zero comebacks. Only one game-winning drive. That play. Two interceptions. Last TD, September 22nd. And listen, listen, again, if you're going to be the best player on the field, if you're going to lead this ship, eventually we are going to need to put this team on its back and will this team. It was one touchdown. It was one touch. We were asking for one drive at the end of the game. And he had a couple opportunities to do he it. He had it in and, his hands. And, 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 they're, and they're punting. He, you, want, you want to know something that will rock you right now? Because I saw this on the timeline, immediately dismissed it. And then it piqued my curiosity, right? So Chip Reedison, who we all know and love here, is getting into it with some guy for comparing Carson Wentz to Sam Bradford. And I'm sitting there like Kawhi, like, hey, 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 simmer down, simmer down now. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And then our man Yorkus tweets me. He goes, well, he, he tweeted me a picture. I didn't even look at the picture, but he tweeted me a picture of Sam Bradford's stat line and Carson Wentz's stat line and said, well, actually, if you kind of look at the two, they are eerily similar. And I went, hey, 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 calm down now. But I had to fact check it. I had to fact check it. You ready for this one? Oh, you about to go EFF on us? I'm about to go EFF on you. Ready? <laughs> Sam Bradford, in, in seasons where he played more than 10 games, which there was only five of them, because sometimes he was a backup quarterback, sometimes he only played five games, the dude was built like class. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a whole lot of sample. There was five seasons where he played more than 10 games. Per game, again, we got to go per game. We can't go cumulative stats here. We got to go per game. Completion percentage, Sam Bradford. 61.9%. Yards per game, 238. Touchdowns per game, 1.1. I, uh, interceptions per game, 0.72. Carson Wentz, 
if you exclude that 2017 season, which I think is fair, because as a card-carrying charter member of the PCN, the Pro Carson Nation, I would always go, yeah, but 2017. Yeah, but 2017. Look what he did in 2017. Let's be fair. Let's take 2017 out of it for a second. That's three seasons. Well, two seasons plus this season coming up. Completion percentage, 64.4 to Sam Bradford, 61.9. Slightly better. Yards per game, 248, as opposed to Sam Bradford's 238, 10 yards more. Hmm. Touchdowns per game, 1.5 to Sam Bradford's 1.1. Better, better. Interceptions per game, 0.68 to Sam Bradford's 0.72. So when we look at the cumulative career of Carson Wentz to this point, and you subtract 2017, He's being, he's playing numbers wise per game a tick better than Sam. Wow. So subtract twenty seventeen, but let, let's why include Doriel Green Beckamere and Nelson Hagelar. Where they're the number one options. I'm just saying we we as the pro Carson Nation always say yeah, but 2017 saw some well, tr- so, so we let's exclude his best season, the one that ultimately yeah. why I, I did because there's more. What evident, was Sam Bradford's there, there, best season? Listen, I'm not arguing that Carson Wentz is Sam Bradford. I'm arguing that the stats there's more evidence to show if if, if there was a series of evidence there's more evidence to show that the level that he's playing at all factors included. I'm not discluding the factors that you're talking about. Yeah. That he's, that he's playing at a level that's a tick above Sam Bradford. Oh, yeah. So it's a way of kind of opening your eyes, being like, all right, maybe maybe it is time to start fairly criticizing this dude. So not only do we have a Foles versus Wentz, now we have a, a Bradford versus Wentz. I'm, 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 I'm not trying to Remember give – all right, all right. I, I, don't want, I don't want to regret bringing this up. Yeah, everyone's spraying me with the tranquilo. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I. I don't want to regret bringing this up because I don't want to be like, oh, you rock saying that Carson Wentz is Sam Bradford 2.0. I'm not saying that. I'm what, that what I'm saying is Carson Sweet. Wentz for what they've given up to go get him in the draft, excluding 2017, and in an offense and in the third or fourth year where you're started supposed to start mastering the offense. All things included, the offensive line, the wide receivers, all things included, all factors factored in. Still, he has to play better. You know what they would say in Italy? What would they? That's a fugazi. That's a f- <laughs> <laughs> This guy's fancy. He got Italian wool over here. Yeah, no, no, he's calling it. Play the card on But listen, listen, guys. I, I think it's time to. I think it's fair to start looking at car. Like we don't. You don't have to be so pro Carson Wentz that you put on the blinders and he's above criticism. You don't have to be so anti Carson Wentz that you're still living in 2017 wishing that Nick Foles was still here because it's gone. It's over. And you know what? They still made the right choice in going with Carson Wentz. But I do think it's it's, it's fair and, and, and Prime is over there smiling because I'm getting murdered in the comments <laughs> section right now. I, I know it. But I think it's fair that you start looking at Carson Wentz with a little bit more critical of an eye and expecting him to make the plays when the plays are there to be made. Again, if the offensive line isn't blocking for him and he's sacked, there's nothing he can do about it. If the wide receivers aren't getting open, there's nothing he can do. But when that offensive line does block for you, 
and the wide receivers do get open and you are down by a touchdown, I expect you to make that play. I don't think that's unfair. Yeah, I think I think the, the gloves are off. I mean, uh, just sitting in the stand, like you're you're hearing things from fans, like like crazy stuff. Like uh, you should put Josh McCall in right now. I'm like, really? No, that's Fourth ridiculous. Court? That's like, ridiculous. But these but these yeah, these are right. things that yeah. you're hearing. Like I, I I'm thinking about doing like a tweet of things that I hear in the stands, <laughs> and like after every game, just put it out there. Not that I'm saying it, but things that I hear because you hear the craziest things, and you like look at the guy that's sitting next to you, like. I'm about to move my seat, or I'm about to get in a fight because, like, what is wrong with you? Like, fans get gets nut, get get nuts. But I think, uh, I mean, Carson Wentz, it's t- it's time to uh, put up a shut up. Yeah, I I, I, mean, I, I completely agree. We have agree. a goat shirt, you know. Like he's, we we there's potential. Oh, yeah. Those shirt sales are a rock, and they're flying off the shelf. By the way, we have a request to take the Swagalar shirt all out of the pro, out of our uh, absolutely one hundred percent. I'm gonna email design. Put him in a badge. Rafael Hernandez requested that on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. As as, as soon as one-off. as soon as we get off the air, I'm sending an email being like, "Yo, take that, cease take that damn thing. Cease and desist ourselves. <laughs> We're gonna cease and desist take it ourselves. down. Okay. And 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 listen the. Eagles certainly took a hit. Again, I didn't expect the Eagles to beat the New England Patriots. I keep telling myself that over and over again. However, it does put you in a position where you don't necessarily and completely control your own destiny. Because if the Dallas Cowboys went out and you went out, you're still sitting at home missing the playoffs. All right? The Dallas Cowboys schedule is not easy, but it's not light as well. Their, their combined schedule moving forward is 32 and 28. Our combined schedule moving forward is 21 and 39. NBC's own Dave Zangaro said, according to 538, not exactly sure what that is, but apparently it's, it's a model where you can put numbers into and it kind of calculates some odds and stuff like that. Eagles, uh, Cowboys have a 58% chance of winning the division. Eagles have a 42% chance. A little over a coin flip there. Uh So the Eagles are still in it. If the Eagles beat the Cowboys in Week 16, they'll be tied head-to-head. Both be 5-1 and in their division, probably. And common opponents, which the Eagles took a hit on, Eagles beat the Packers and Jets, Cowboys beat the Lions and the Eagles. The season is not over. However, I don't care what 538 says. If you take a look at this film, what part of this Philadelphia Eagles team having beaten or, or beaten like the Bills and a win is a win and the Chicago Bears and a win is a win and maybe maybe had a moral victory against the there's no moral victories right <laughs> against the Patriots what part about this team tells you that they're capable of handling their business all the meanwhile hoping that Dallas poops to bed to get into the playoffs I'm asking you Gail I just, How confident I, are you on I, this Eagles team like being I, like, able to make a playoff push? Like I woke up this morning, I was like, man, we're going to be in another like uh, a Washington situation where, where we're like watching a scoreboard to like figure out like, which was really cool, like in experience cool. wise. But looking back at it, I'm like, are we doing this again? Like I don't want, I don't want to go and be watching another scoreboard in. Trying to think about going to, going to the playoffs, like yeah. you, you got this opportunity to win out, control your own destiny, ride the wave, catch lightning in a bottle. Um, can they do it? They gotta get they gotta they gotta get some guys healthy because it's, it's. And then after this week, you gotta you gotta win against Seattle. You're at home. Yeah, now the pressure's and, on, and you've never beaten Russell Wilson. 
538 says the Eagles have a 42% chance of winning the division, and that's really the only way that uh, the Eagles are going to make it to the playoffs. They said they got a 42% chance. Gail, put a number on it. Put a number on it. Number on what? Percentage? Yeah. That we make the playoffs. I'm going 65%. Ooh. What? 65%? I'm just throwing stuff out there. <laughs> 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 he he didn't think he was going to bite back on it. It did it yeah. to the wall. Yeah. Wait, you asking questions now? <laughs> ben, what do you think? Give me, give, put a number to it. Eagles make the it's playoffs. Not, it's under 25. Like, damn. Spence. No. Wow, bro. There's a wow. window right here. Under, no, I think... I'm going to say 46. 46%. 46%. Okay. 46%. I like your optimism, Trox. I'm going to go 20. I'm going to give the defense 20% and the offense 10%. So no, I'm going to go 30. A, a 30. I'm okay. going to go 30. You got a 30% chance. Defense is playing good. I got to give them that right now. Okay. Prime? I'm going to go with 35%. 35%. Evan, Hollywood Hearn, all factors considered. I'm going 50-50, man. Nice. 50-50? How do they say that in uh, Com Si Com Sa? Is that how they say it in, uh, in, in Italy? I think the question is, like, how much you are you willing to bet on? How much money are you willing to put on the Eagles running the table? I'm done. Bro, I, I, ain't got, I ain't got Nelson odds. Aguilar money. I'm I ain't, got, I ain't, got, I ain't <laughs> stealing from nobody. See, every, everyone's uh, – hey. oh, no, nah, I won't put any money on yeah, it. That just changed. Yeah, 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 it changed real quick. I think they got a 15% chance. Wow, bro. 15% chance. Because, listen, you have to handle your business, all right? You, the, now you got to beat Seattle. And then the Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Giants. Hey, listen, I think those are all winnable games, as they should win those games. But, let, but listen, at Patriots for the Cowboys, let's not let's not think that they can't win that game. They can lose that game. They they should lose that game. Let's not think that they can't win. They they can't win it. Bills at home, they should win that game. At Chicago, they should win that yeah. game. Rams at home. Should win. It's going to be a tough one, but they should win that game. At Eagles, let's assume they lose, and then to finish up the season at Redskins. What I'm trying to communicate to you is everyone's pointing at that Week 16. That that's going to decide the division. That's going to decide the division. That's going to decide the division. I got news for you. The Eagles keep playing the way they're playing. Yeah, going See, they, they, they could win in, in Week 16 and still lose it. Yeah. I mean, the season. Might, the season might be a wrap by then. Season's on the line like, this week. Yeah. Oh, season's on the line this week. I mean, you got to win. You got to I mean, win. You catch an L here, it's... That's it. I mean, you're yeah, going to be... Yeah, my number changes drastically if they lose this I mean, you're going to be hoping for Dallas to, like, <laughs> lose. No more 50-50. <laughs> not, not oh, no more 50-50 all of a sudden. No more 50-50 all of a sudden. In my heart, from that's how I'm feeling right now. But the season's on the line this week. I'm, I'm going to change it. Can we get can we get little, like, subtitle, like, at... You're going to change your at to, instead of Eagle Sessions. It's going to be Captain Saver, bro. Captain Saver, bro. Captain Saver, bro. I demand it. I demand it. Well, we had a lot of re- you know, Fourth and John is a show of the people. We had a lot of reactions from the fans. So always after a loss, like I throw that tweet out there, like let me get let me get you thirty seconds, let me get you forty seconds. Win, you don't hear a word. Lose, ooh, everybody's all gassed up. Suspense. You ready with some uh, fan rea- fan rants? Let's do it. Why are we fielding punts inside the ten with pressure? But we fair catch punts that are forward to the 20 with no pressure. With a practice squad guy who's taken second string reps at running back after you just signed a veteran who knows his system, and that's why you brought him back, to dress him and not play him. Why? Carson's got to start checking the ball down. we got to get the ball out quicker, and we got to stop holding on to the ball. Defense is doing great. 
I'm glad to see some man press of late. I'm glad to see some new blitz packages and some new things now that the secondary has seemed to have gotten a little bit healthier. We got to pull it together. The season's almost over. You got to push. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that that's another thing that we didn't even talk about is like Boston Scott and special teams. You know, field and punting at the 10. Oddly enough, Boston Scott did have the uh, cojones or at least the, the testicular fortitude to show up on the timeline and apologize for his performance on Sunday. Unlike, unlike Aguilar. Un, uh, unlike Aguilar, <laughs> <laughs> unlike Aguilar who, should, who should not for nothing but take out a full page in the Inquirer writing an apology letter to the fans of Philadelphia. Should but, put it on his IG page. But listen, they're... they're, they're <laughs> but listen, there's another guy who, uh, who 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 thinks like, hey, listen, Carson, like we believe in it. Nobody's saying they don't believe in Carson. Nobody's saying that they don't want him to succeed. But look, you start checking the ball down. No, he, he he brings up a great point about like you know him getting the ball out is imperative. Knowing where to go pre-snap, uh, you know, like he was, you know when you hold on to the ball. Bad things can happen. Uh, you know, he's, he's been turning turning the ball over. Uh, he's up there with, like, Jameis Winston in terms of, like, uh, fumbling the ball. So, I think, you know, Carson Wentz just getting the ball out quicker, hitting the checkdowns because, I mean, they're there. Uh, I just think, you know, he's he's try, trying to be Captain Saber, bro. And listen, you can't – you and Doug Peterson has got to help him out. Doug Peterson cannot ask him to throw the ball – 40 times a game. 48 times. Well, how many? 48 times. 48 times during the game. That's a recipe for disaster. Like, listen, I know That's I sound like a broken record in an old man morning show, but run the ball. Yeah. It's the best shot you got. Listen, if you dedicate yourself to the run game, that's not going to guarantee you a win. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But I'll tell you what you're not going to win doing is chucking the ball 48 times yeah. and getting your quarterback sacked in a vertical passing game where you got no talent to go down the field and an offensive line that's leaking like a sieve. I mean, the Eagles are 24th in passing offense, averaging 215 yards per game, 22nd, 22nd in pass plays over 20 yards. Why are we slinging the ball that many, many times? What part of that says to you, yeah, this game plan makes sense. Doug Peterson's got to put Carson Wentz in all factors considered. Carson Wentz, or Doug Peterson's got to put Carson Wentz in a better position to succeed. I mean, it's, it's, it's imperative. I mean, you, 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 like, I mean, who are you throwing to right at the moment? Like, you, you got to scheme up better plays, uh, get the tight ends involved. I, I think go with what got you there. I mean, look at Miles Sanders in the passing game. You went away from Miles Sanders. I mean, you could have used them in, a, in, a, in definitely in the second half, and they went away from him. The screens have been working. First half against the Patriots, 21 passes, 11 runs, 25 times in the shotgun, seven times on the center. Second half, 24 passes, nine runs, 29 times in the shotgun, five times on the center. When they ran under the center, they were averaging 4.5 yards per carry. I love under the center when they run. I mean, I just, it's just, I, but you, you know, want me to go over the winning ratio when they run the ball? You know, you know, you know, you know, and again, do we, do we want to go down this road again? We've been preaching this like show after show, and, and, and I do, and I start to feel like you know a broken, broken a broken record about it. But it, it, it's the God's honest truth, and again, I hate that narrative, that lazy narrative of listen, they they they're they're running, they win when they run the ball because they're running the ball because they're winning. That was a perfect example. You want to? I keep giving you examples to the contrary. Boom, there it was New England Patriots. 
You get you, you, you slinging the ball forty times. You had the lead. You lost the lead. You lost yeah. by a touchdown. I think when Lane Johnson went out, it was uh, they, they kind of like fell apart in, in the running to the right but side. But you can't allow one person yeah, going I mean, down you can't, but that's, to just that, that's kill what the entire offense. I know um, that's what happened. I mean, Big V. But what part of oh our right tackle went down? Big V isn't used to playing on the right side, so you know we'll make we'll make Andre Dillard eligible and put his ass on that side as well. Maybe give him some tight end help and try to go vertical passing game. What sense I mean, does that but the, make? the worst part about it is they were they 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 went heavy, man, and they were running. They had the heavy package in, and they still weren't getting you know, like that was embarrassing. And if you watch the you mentioned the uh, Baldinger videos, he was going off on these guys. Dude, mm-hmm. worth a look. I mean, if heavy you haven't package. already. First of all, you should be following them. Second of all, if you haven't already visited the the Brian Baldinger breakdowns of the last Philadelphia Eagles game, uh, get yourself a seat. Don't put anything near you that you can throw. All right, make sure you're in a quiet space and the kids aren't sleeping, because you will you will literally have an aneurysm watching these videos. Speaking of videos, do we got another one? Sorry now the majority of Eagles Nation is starting to call for Mike Groh's head. Even though I was one of the first one to be rather neutral of it, I saw what I see now and further down the road, um, he didn't seem like a proper offensive coordinator needed for our squad. Now I want to throw a bone and ask, should the front office really consider demoting Mike Groh back to a wide receivers coach? Because as far as I'm concerned, at this position right now, the way his demeanor carried out in the uh, press conferences, what have you, I'm... Uh, doesn't re- yeah your poker face ain't reading much well buddy uh, you're weighing over your head it, it, it is absolutely 100% clear that he is over his head 100% I don't think that he, that he is going to be demoted or fired before the end of the season because quite frankly that's just not the way the Eagles really do business um, they know the position that they're in they're, they're, they're acutely they're optimistic but they're acutely aware of the position that they're in and the challenges that they face moving forward and I don't think that demoting Mike Grow is going to lend any more confidence to the offense I don't think demoting Mike Grow is going to the locker room even though they might receive it well is going to really do anything for the locker room however at the end of the season that dude has got to go. He's got to go. I mean, he has got to go. I mean, while at Virginia, his own father fired him when he was offensive coordinator. So if your own dad can fire you, I think uh, you know Doug Peterson. He's got to look for another guy. And it, suck, it sucks to start, start talking about off-season moves like this early. And then we've oh. kind of been talking about off-season moves a little early. It, it, it's, it's a little depressing. But what I think the Eagles could really benefit from is just a fresh set of eyes. Just a fresh set of eyes. I mean, beyond Doug Peterson and beyond Jim Schwartz, and not for nothing, I don't think Jim Schwartz is getting enough credit for the job that he's done this year. I mean, he's really adapted. Think about what this defense was the first five games of the season. Think about what this defense was last year. Predictable, same reads, post-snap is pre-snap, and he switched it up quite a bit. Quite a bit. And that's what we asked for. Yeah. You know, like, we were asking for him to switch it up, play closer, uh, play in some man situations. He's doing Everything I, I wanted to see from Schwartz. Now, looking at Doug Peterson, you'd like, look, you're not, you're not carrying your end of the bargain at this moment. We got another video? Let's pop up another one. We know we, we, we had a few of them, man. We put out that you know, bad Carson wins. After a loss. Everyone's trying to put a lot of blame on him. And sure, he had a bad game yesterday. 
But to err is human, and we have to realize he has no help whatsoever. Um, you know, Howie Roseman didn't make any big moves to bolster the receiving core that is so detrimental to what we need to win these games. Um, defense looked great, uh, especially our corners. But until these big issues need addressed, this is our reality. First, first of all, is this? Did that dude film it in the back of a strip club? What, 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 what was going on there? What was going on there? Yeah, look, look at him! Look at him! He's in the couch room. He's in the champagne room, being like Fourth and John said. I needed to. I needed to pull out some videos. Hold on a second. What, what, what? No, no, I'm saying. Oh, just hold. Yeah, just hold on a second, honey. Is that Ed Sheeran in the recording studio? Yeah, there you go. Listen, he 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 brings up some very very valid points. He does. He brings up some very valid points. I mean, week two, you saw. Deshaun Jackson go down. You know, Alshon Jeffrey got hurt. You've known since week two that we're, we got problems. We got problems. And I said halfway there living on a prayer, and he, he rolled the dice on Deshaun Jackson coming back being healthy. And it's not it's, – it, it's I don't want to sound like a Howie apologist, but it was since, I'm, since I'm on the roll of criticizing everybody, like Howie had opportunities to bolster this roster through the waiver wire through the waiver wire and just passed it up. Like we, we had an opportunity to get better for nothing but dollars. No draft capital, no picks, no trading up, trading. No, we, we had an opportunity several times to get better through the waiver wire and how we didn't even put claims in for dudes. That's the frustrating part. You put a claim in for a guy and somebody else picks him up a little higher, hey, you know, them's the breaks. That's going to happen in the NFL. You don't even put in a claim for dudes. And now we get to see Josh Gordon come to Lincoln Finance. Heaven forbid. Hey, he scores a touchdown. Oh, my God. This, this has the opportunity to be an absolute – Disaster, not only on the field but off the field, considering that DK Metcalf is going to be out say. there. Yeah. Considering the fact that Clowney. Josh Gordon is going to be out there, <laughs> and the one that hurt me the most, that Clowney, who again was traded for a third round pick, a rookie like sixth round pick linebacker, and a defensive end that's bounced around from team to team, is the equivalent of giving up a third round pick, Nate Gary, and Vinnie Curry for that. It was a gift. Clowney was gifted Yeah, Seattle. Out of all the trades and all the ridiculous prices that you heard, Clowney was the most reasonable. Let's roll the next video. Howie Roseman, you're not going to sprinkle your little fairy dust and bring in all these players that are not even signed anywhere else and think they were going to fix something, let alone you don't even play them. That's not how things work. That's not how you run an organization. Hold on, buddy. Now we're in a do or die, must win against Seattle, and I don't know what we're going to bring. You got Russell Wilson going to run circles around this defense. So, Eagles fans, we're in trouble. Time to hit the panic button. Wentz, everybody, everybody, this whole game was on everybody. Fix it. Oh, oh my God. He showed, he, he, showed Yo, he showed mercy. He showed mercy. Oh, my God. I was so worried. I was like, here he goes. He's going to swing the bat. Oh, my God. He's going to swing the bat at the 11. Please don't I do it. he was going to take the head off. Hit him with a fix it. Hit him with a fix it instead. I can respect that, DJ Birdman. Birdman. I can respect Birdman. that. Hit him with the fix it. You didn't hit him with the bat. That's awesome. We got one more? Yep. One more. Let's do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a different route and wonder why Howie Roseman just did not act like he should have acted on some of these players. Every time I heard the name Sanu yesterday, it pained me to know that he was out there. We could have gotten him. It pained me that we have not addressed any 
of our wide receiver deficiencies at all. And uh, we go out and we bring in running backs, great, but what happens when our receivers are going down and we're not addressing that issue when we had prime talent out there for the getting? So instead of putting Mike Grow in front of everybody and having him talk to us, I'd love to see how he Roseman do a presser so we could ask him the questions and get some answers to find out why he's thinking the way he thinks. Thanks. Man, that Howie presser at the end of the season. First of all, to answer your question, Howie doesn't do pressers during the season unless there's a trade or, or a move or, or contract extension, something something big to talk about. Howie will always do his uh, kind of end of year, state of the union, uh, what just happened during the season, and answers questions. But I'm with you. I can't wait to see that press conference because he's gonna ha- he's gonna face the firing squad. Like he's, yeah. he, there is going to be every beat writer there is going to be like, yes, I have a question. They brought the receipts to that. And, and just have a list. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? What were you thinking there? Why didn't you pick up this guy? This guy was waivers. Why didn't you trade for so-and-so? Why didn't you have a backup plan for me? You know, this guy was injured. This guy is over 30. Why are you signing the contract extension? What are your plans moving forward? What are you going to do with Mike Rowe? Like, like, dude, it is going to be a firing You bring squad. up Jason Peters. <laughs> Huh? I'm surprised you bring up Jason. And you brought back Darren Sproles and uh, guys that are older. And uh, I think then then they'll go into the injuries. I mean, one of the most banged up teams in the last three years. I mean, you can't really hide from that. Um, a lot we, of we sold our soul to the football devil. And it's, hey man, <laughs> and that and now we're paying but, for but it. But we lived our best lives in 2017, didn't we? We yeah we did we, we, we did. Come on, we, we did. were changed. We did. I just didn't realize we sold our souls to the We're devil. less depressed. In the medical tent with you. <laughs> All right, let's hit the Twitter questions and get on, get the hell out of here. All right. Well, we got uh, Jacob Lentz, and he wants to know, will we ever see the Carson Wentz of 2017 again? That, that year that didn't happen. I just want to refresh your memory. It was 33-7 and seven. Hey, that year. He's got that fine that wool happen. sweater on. He's putting shots up. Listen, we absolutely can. The offensive line. I know there's uh, contract extension talks for Lane Johnson. Uh, Andre Dillard's the left tackle of the future. Brooks just got his contract extension. Kelsey, you know, you, that offensive line has got to stay intact. And listen, like, I know Eagles fans are concerned and afraid because they look at Alshon Jeffrey and they say, that's a big nut. He's making a lot of money. He ain't going nowhere. And they look at Deshaun Jackson and they go, that guy's making a lot of money. He's signed. He's not going anywhere. And yes, Deshaun and Alshon are going to be your primary receiver. But let's not pretend like Howie Roseman and this Eagles front office isn't very aggressive and very active in free agency. Let's not pretend. So I don't want to say that, yes, this wide receiving core is going to look the same in 2020 as it does right now. I think it'll be much to prove. I think they'll be... A, a very proactive and free agency knowing the deficiencies that they have and maybe learn their lesson and have a couple backup plans in case somebody gets injured. I think absolutely we can come back to seeing the Carson Wentz of 2017. He needs to have a solid offensive line. He needs to have weapons to throw to. He needs time and he needs people and he needs talent. He needs time and talent. Yeah, I think 2017... All that being said, still needs to play better. Yeah, 2017 Carson Wentz will be back. I think you're, they're going to look at the situation. They're going to Surround himself with speed. Uh, you that speed element. You saw youth and speed. You saw the first game of the season. What he could do with, you know, a vertical threat. I think having Deshaun Jackson back and having a guy to develop a real a talent. I mean, this this class wide receiver class is the best in a long time. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah tweeted it out last week, and I believe him. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of talent. I think they'll go get some pieces. Might get two pieces. But I think, uh, you know, 
Just surround him with what weapons and see what happens. Look what look what happened to Dak Prescott when he got uh, a weapon to throw to on the outside. It's changed his career. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, they'll, they'll get there. And 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 not for nothing, but you pointed that tweet out to me, and I'm like thinking to myself, maybe that's why they didn't give up that draft capital, those second round picks, like Sanu. Sanu's not worth a second round pick. It is to the New England Patriots because they're going to make another Super Bowl run. It's not worth it to the Philadelphia Eagles second round pick because they already even at this point right now they're stacking that draft board and they know who's going to be out there and what grades they're giving people now granted that draft board is going to change and it's going to shift hopefully they get it right but they (laughs) well Joe you know what hopefully they do get it right because Joe Douglas ain't stacking it so they stack this draft board right and they they already got grades on some guys so they know this is a deep wide receiver class so hopefully you know again in free agency there's no evidence to to suggest that Doug uh, Howie Roseman won't be active in free agency and yeah hopefully they get the picks right they will when when speaking into existence go ahead give me two more uh, knucklehead McSpazitron <laughs> what <laughs> knucklehead McSpazitron no, I think that's his birth name Wow. Um, he said, can we really blame the inept offense production on the departures of Frank Reich and Filippo? Why does the Eagles brass insist on promoting from within? That's an excellent question, and that goes back to the point I made about a fresh set of eyes. Like, no more, no more dudes in the building. No more promoting. Like, Deuce, his mismanagement of the running backs. No, nah, dude, Deuce. Hope, and I'm a big fan of Deuce, and I think he was bumped up to assistant head coach to help build his resume so he can find himself an offensive coordinator or a head coaching position somewhere in the NFL sometime in the future, hopefully. But, he, but, but Deuce, out. Micro, out. Wow. Offensive line coach, out. Wow. Wide receivers coach, out. Wow. Running everybody, out. And start taking people from outside and once again surrounding Doug Peterson with coaches that can help support him. Because, like, listen, everybody needs a fresh set of eyes. Even when we came here to NBC, it's great having Ben and Spence around because there's a fresh set of eyes. It makes it better. It makes a good thing better. The Eagles have a good thing going. Make it better. Yeah, I think, um, you know, like I said last, what, two weeks ago, you're, some of the, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. And he definitely needs um, some more creative ideas. I mean, you're seeing what Reich really brought to the table. I they thought they really had a great relationship in terms of dialing up these plays. Um, you know, I mean, the guy, you know, Press Taylor is here. He's the guy that found uh, the Philly special. So, I mean, you know, that's what they like to do, hire with, from within. But I think you, you're seeing what has transpired on the field. So you got like get front office inbreeding. You, you got like, like like eventually you're just gonna go like the the gene pool is just gonna go down the toilet because you, you just keep promoting from within. Look at the flyers. Go look across the street or the building that we're in right now. You know what I mean? Look at the flyers. Keep promoting flyer guys. Keep promoting flyer guys. Hey, hey, hey. Stay on topic. We don't do that hockey over here. I'm just saying they promote a lot from within. They promote their own guys, and then for some reason expect different results, and they don't get it. Yeah. And here we are again, promoting, promoting, promoting. I don't care. Doug Peterson, Jim Schwartz, the rest of you can go hit the bricks. Fresh set of eyes, because you got a good thing. Make it better. The name I keep hearing is Jay Gruden. A lot of people are like, "Hey, bring Jay Gruden." What? <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Do you, that. do you have any idea how These many colleges I... and clubs there are around here? <laughs> things I hear. Granted, weeds decriminalized, so that's not going to be a huge deal. But I don't need my OC outside of some bar. Let's get some OG. <laughs> <laughs> things I hear in the stands. They gotta bring Jay Gruden. You really hear that? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, people. Are, yeah. 
<laughs> Dude, timeline gets crazy sometimes, bro. I love it. They're comparing. Do you believe that they're actually comparing Carson Wentz to Sam Bradford? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Yo, after after the show, we're gonna talk about how bad I'm getting murdered in the comment section for even bringing that up. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, hit me with one more. Uh, one of our writer, uh, writers, Chris Malley, wants to know if you could steal one player in their prime from any team, who would it be and why? That's a loaded question because we're talking about in their prime. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about right now. Megatron. That's, that's why I think. Let's talk about Let's talk right about now. active. And let's talk about 2019 season and live it like that. Leave it like that. Because we can go back in the, you know, in history and, oh, this guy's season in 1980, whatever. But let, let's go 2019, now, one player, take them off their roster, put them on our roster. Who are you doing, Gail? Uh, maybe, maybe Julio Jones. Yeah. A guy that can go up and get the football. This guy got the killer speed. I mean, he's just a playmaker. I mean, he's just like a dominant threat. Um, he would just open up everything. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe. I'm going to take Michael Thomas. Because he's, he, 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 he's like the perfect blend of like a possession receiver, big catch radius, a lot of speed. If you look at his stats, what is he, the, 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 the quickest of like 400 catches? 90, yeah, he's got like 96 catches already. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's some passes. ridiculous stats that he's on pace to like break Jerry Rice's He's got record. more catches combined. Uh, more than our, our wide receivers combined. Yeah, I would take I would take Michael Thomas. I think I think he's an all-purpose threat on the field. Over Mahomes and Jackson. What's that? Over Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Oh, yo, man. <laughs> what, what, what are you, are you what trying to diss Brad? Carson Wentz? Are you saying <laughs> Carson? Wentz? Are you an, are you are you a Foles guy? I mean, that's another conversation on the time. I'm like, hey, we could have had Lamar Jackson. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm all about that. Woo, woo. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. We got it. I've that, heard that, it. That was it. That was it. That was it. Okay, a couple shout outs before we get out of here. Of course, Concha Hawk and Bakery for supplying the food for the tailgate. Bud Light, as always. Gail made the beer run uh, Saturday night because uh, you never know who's going to show up at the tailgate. You so don't. you always need good food. You need good beer. You need good music. You need good people. So shout out to Don Smolinski for Eagles president for showing up Don. at the tailgate. John Dorenboss showed up. That was amazing, man. Magic tricks. Yo, my. And doing magic tricks, like performing. Like this dude charges tickets to watch you on st- to watch him on stage perform magic tricks. Dude was doing it right in front of our tailgate. It was absolutely yeah. amazing. And we and, got him to sign the trailer. And we got him to sign the trailer. And I was a little bit worried. Because my first viral video, like I posted a tweet today. There's this thing going around like, hey, what did you look at at the start of the decade versus what did you look like at the end of the decade? <laughs> and it was two pictures with John Dornboss. The first viral video that I ever went on, that ever went viral on YouTube was John Dornboss for MVP for the 2010 season. And uh, I would, you know, him and I kind of built a friend. I was working for the Eagles on air at the time. So he was working for the Eagles on air. So we would do like a lot of like co-things. And I was waiting because the guy's everywhere now. He's more successful post-career than he was during on the field. Did you think he was going to be Hollywood? No, I didn't think he was going to be Hollywood, but just all the people that he's meeting from, he's on the Ellen Show, he's doing a book tour, America's Got Talent, doing these stage performances, all this stuff, all these interviews, all this Hollywood stuff. I, I was worried, like, I, he probably doesn't remember the little people, you know? And then I saw him in the parking lot, and the homeboy gave me a big hug. He was like, yo, E-Rock! I was like, ah, oh, thank you. That's so cool that he remembers. And so John Dornboss is the absolute man. So shout out to him for showing up. Uh, the Blue Meanie showed up. 
All greened out. Green meanie. Blue world order. He's probably watching this right now. Blue Shout world out to order. him, dude. He, I, he is awesome. It was funny to see like the wrestling fans that were there yeah. that didn't know like he was going to show up. They, cre- they like one dude show, showed up and said, hey, rock again. They yes. turned around and went, holy crap, it's the blue meanie. They had like Green stand meanie. moments. Yeah. Like, oh my God. No, it's great. He's a big teddy bear. I love him to death. Ross Tucker stopped by NFL Network. Uh, shout out to Monster Energy, who dropped off a, uh, a cases upon cases of the monster, which keeps my, me going. You know, I know that Bud Light fuels the tailgate as far as you drinking, folks. For those of us that don't drink, we need to get our Monster Energy on. Get all little, you know, because we're up early in the morning. We go full cornholio. You know what I mean? E-holio. <laughs> I am the great E-holio. <laughs> Tom Brady is a bungalow. <laughs> Lay off. Lay off the juice. The juice. Nah, we're not doing that. Uh, and Jimmy's famous seafood for bringing the crab cakes. We never, we never got any. That I never got to eat, which I am still upset over. We, we provide the, the free food. Best we provide game. the free beer, the free entertainment. Jimmy Seafood drops off crab cakes. Gone, going in a blink of an eye. Nobody asked if E-Rock got one. Got or nothing. Mama E. Mama E was I upset. I got nothing. I've never been so close to kicking a hole in the speaker, pulling the plug, than Jet. He was about to cry. I was no, like, like, listen. He's what? like, no crab cakes? <laughs> and he just ran. <laughs> Ran down his cheek. I was like, bro. You don't get in between a man and the seafood. Listen, Jimmy's crab, like, like you might like crab cakes, but you don't just simply just eat a Jimmy's seafood crab cake. You experience like yeah, Jimmy's yeah. I've never seafood. had crab cakes anywhere else, but that was the first crab cake I've ever had. Spoiled. I'll never go anywhere else. Never go anywhere else. Uh, shout out to the Ford, uh, Sports Card and Memorabilia Show, December 6th through the 8th, Valley Forge Casino. Uh, you can see guys like Dallas Goddard, Malcolm Jenkins. Um, Iverson. Iverson is going to be there for all you wrestling fans. Hall and Nash are going to be there, so check out tickets. <laughs> phillyshow.com. You can check that out. I will also be, I retired from DJing years ago. But every once in a while, a good charity comes along and says, E, would you like to DJ this? You know, and I donate my time. So on December 12th from 6 to 9 at Fox and Hound, uh, we're going to have like a uh, pre-Army-Navy game sort of like party, like a kickoff party. It's called Pints for Pat. And what it does is all the proceeds go to the Pat Tillman Foundation, wonderful foundation for the veterans, for the soldiers out there. So I'm going to be donating my time. Just look up Pints for Pat, uh, December 12th, uh, 6 to 9 at Fox and Hound. Craig Shoemaker is going to be there, Tony Luke and Fred Barnett. So uh, that wraps it up. Any final thoughts, Gail? Uh, we got to get this dub, man. Change the whole state of the season. Any final thoughts from you, Al? It's not over yet, man. Don't it's, not, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. And how dare you people compare Carson Wentz to Sam Bradford? Absolutely not. Put him in a bad shape. Hey, listen, next time we will see you hopefully with a dub so we don't have to have this kind of show again because I was not looking forward to come here to NBC Sports Philadelphia and have to rant and rave and complain. Ben, any final thoughts? Yo, have a great week, everybody. Trox, <laughs> any final thoughts? We need a W desperately. Prime, any final thoughts? Yeah, we need that W bat. Tranquilo. Tranquilo. Until next time, let's go, Birds, and we will see you next week right here at NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios at 4th and Jowl. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards.
Democrats tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.